Cowie, and you're listening to the Pass the Mic podcast, a podcast dedicated to amplifying female, trans, and non-binary voices in music. You just heard the song Get Lost by the Philadelphia band Queen of Jeans. The song is off of the band's sophomore album, If You're Not Afraid, I'm Not Afraid, available now via Top Shelf Records. The album came together during a period of instability and loss in songwriter Miriam Devorah's life. The 2016 presidential election posed a looming threat to Miri's existence as a queer woman and her relationship with bandmate Maddie Glass. Not long after, Miri's mother became ill and passed away just 10 days before Queen of Jeans went into the studio to record. The album that came out of these tumultuous circumstances doesn't shy away from Miri's feelings of confusion or grief. It faces them head on. If You're Not Afraid is full of slow-burning but cathartic songs that draw on the band's love of everything from 60s doo-wop to dashboard confessional. I caught up with Miri and Maddie to learn more about how they formed Queen of Jeans and forged the band's name out of a sexist but iconic Philly landmark, recording with producer Will Yip and creating explosive moments, both literal and musical, on their latest album. Keep listening to hear our full conversation. All right. Hi, Mary and Maddie. Welcome to the Pass the Mic podcast. Hi. Thank you for having us. Yeah, of course. How's your day been going so far? Pretty good. Pretty relaxed. We just got back from tour and without fail, I always get sick either during tour or after. So I'm a little sick right now. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to rest up and catch up with work and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Totally. I can imagine that tour just takes a huge toll on your body. So I bet it's good to be back and like sleep in your own bed and everything. Definitely. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm super excited to hear more about if you're not afraid, I'm not afraid and just talk about the album and Queen of Jeans a little bit. Awesome. Us too. Cool. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about how Queen of Jeans got started. I know that you all had been playing in some Philadelphia bands before you started the project, but how did you all connect and um, start Queen of Jeans? Um, Queen of Jeans kind of started as a solo project for me, but then I was spending a lot of time with Maddie and we were working on the songs together and just decided maybe it would be a great opportunity for us to start a band. So that's kind of how that came to be. And we've just kind of continued from there. And we met Patrick, our drummer, and I don't know, we're just a really tight little family and we love to work on the songs together. Awesome. And as your first project as a band leader, what was that like? How do you feel like that forced you to maybe define your own voice as like a songwriter or as a band leader starting this project? I mean, it's still, it's like a learning process. Um, I'm still trying to come to terms with it. I, I don't think in the past I've ever really taken on the leadership role too much out of fear, but I mean, they kind of give me the freedom to kind of, you know, write what I want to write. And then I give them the space to put their creative spin on the song. So it kind of, we just work together to bring out the best in one another. That's awesome. I feel like that's the best situation when you're in a band with people you're friends with, like having that trust and having that comfortable environment just makes it so much easier to like take on that leadership, which can be kind of scary. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I think it's, it's super necessary. Totally. I wanted to ask too about the name Queen of Jeans because I was reading that it comes from this sign in Philadelphia, the King of Jeans sign. Could you explain that a little bit? Yeah, sure. This is Maddie. Hey, how's it going? Good. 
So with the King of Jeans sign, it was kind of like this iconic eyesore in South Philly of this jean store that had been closed for years, but it had this huge sign of this like shirtless guy standing over this woman. And it was very suggestive, but like everyone kind of loved it. That's kind of how Philadelphia is. Like we don't have Times Square or, you know, any of the glamour of New York. We just rally behind weird stuff. Um, (laughs) So everyone kind of rallied behind this sign. But then when it got tore down, we were kind of thinking about it and how misogynistic it is. Kind of like when you look back at your favorite rom-coms from the 90s and you're like, damn, I love that. But the message was super fucked up. So (laughs) we decided that we'd flip the script and we would be queen of jeans. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that. Kind of taking it into your own hands and like still honoring that, you know, Philly landmark a little bit, but saying, okay, I'm going to give this an update. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. And how did both of you get into music? I know Queen of Jeans is a band that's kind of influenced by a lot of like 60s sounds, doo-wop, all the way to like more contemporary pop and stuff. How did you both find your way into playing music? And what were some of the things that you listened to growing up that just really like stuck out to you or stuck with you? Definitely what you mentioned, kind of like 60s, I guess, girl group or like kind of Phil Spector produced stuff. I was always listening to that because that's like what my parents would play in the house. But other than that, I kind of came up actually in like musicals. My brother was really into performance and to kind of get me out of my shell, he started asking me to come and be in the the choruses and stuff of musical productions. And so that kind of is what made me realize that I love to sing. And especially in choirs, I continue to do that like in high school and I think that really helped me really appreciate harmonies, which is probably why we have so many in our songs, because I love writing harmony. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think I ever would have guessed musical theater, but I feel like now thinking <laughs> about like the harmonies on your songs, I totally get that. Those really like big moments. For sure. I had a totally different experience getting into music. I don't know. When I first started playing guitar, I was listening to like a lot of metal and rap. So I learned like... I basically learned guitar learning a Metallica album. And then I remember in like the seventh grade, somebody handed me a CD they didn't want anymore because they said it was trash. And I listened to it and it was Dashboard Confessional and it just like changed <laughs> my life. <laughs> so then wow. I like learned every tab of like Dashboard, Death Cab, all those emo bands. And that's kind of how I came up into it. That's awesome. That's so funny to see how those like chance encounters of someone just being like, oh, here's this trash CD can totally like change your your course yeah that's awesome that's interesting too because even though I was doing musicals and stuff outside of that like senior in high school I was listening to Rilo Kylie and some Isley and stuff which I think is like the the feminine version of that kind of emo sound (laughs) um but I think because I've always been so female centric and in like my specific taste as a listener I think I was probably like listening to the same type of music as you but it's just fronted by someone else that I could relate to yeah awesome if you are not afraid i'm not afraid sounds similar to your first album dig yourself but also really different in a lot of ways and i think one of those reasons is because it's a really vulnerable album so i wanted to ask you miri about writing such open songs that really talk about loss and love and relationships in a really head-on way how did you find the courage to write such open songs and does writing them feel more like scary or empowering or maybe a little bit of both um well you know i was going through a lot of 
personal issues and experiences while I was writing. If you're not afraid, I'm not afraid. Um, my mom was very sick and also, um, you know, just kind of the whole, the, the 2016 election. I don't even have a word for it. <laughs> I think that's perfect. Yeah. It was, everything was kind of just taking over and, and like forcing me to um, kind of examine my life in a more open way. And in that sense, it kind of helped me and was empowering the way that I was allowing myself to use my writing in a more cathartic um, way and really just open up and say what I needed to say, uh, you know, kind of release all of those emotions and tensions that I was holding inside. And I think that Dig Yourself, like, definitely had that. Like, I can't help it. I'm like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm very open and honest. Like, you'll know, you'll be able to read my face if I'm unhappy. It's just how I've always been. But I think with Dig Yourself, I was still kind of trying to mask some of those feelings just to, to save myself but you know experiencing loss or witnessing a real like trauma and fear um, that others experience it really opens you up to want to kind of tell your own story and to bridge gaps and make connections with people and so I think I hope that I you know kind of achieved that with this record. I think listening to like the first couple singles that have come out get lost especially just hearing you talk so openly and like kind of accepting the things that are happening even though they're really tumultuous and intense just kind of accepting that there's such a power in that um, rather than trying to like run away from what's happening just saying like okay this is the reality can be such an empowering thing to say yeah I think it helps too because you recognize yeah these are things that are happening I can't necessarily change them but I can change the way that I approach them um, I think that it's just important to kind of always try to stay as in tune with yourself as you can and just accept that it's you know life is very difficult in one way or another every once in a while people have you know they fall down and it's just a it's how you kind of face the challenges important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about Get Lost in particular, um, just because that song I feel like has so many lines that stood out to me. And I was like, oh, this is so relatable. Like hearing I should have taken my own advice. I'm like the amount of times that I tell that to myself is just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And the music video too, for that song, I think does a really great job of kind of um, showing that that process visually like so many of the songs on this album feel really cathartic because there's that big release when you just kind of accept something and you know see the power in it so I think the music video does a really amazing job of just showing that visually how did the music video for that song come together I think our manager approached us he kind of just was just offhand and said I think it'd be really cool if you just broke some stuff <laughs> and I was like actually that sounds great because I mean what you just said like the song is very much about it's a kind of it's like this cathartic meditative mantra like I'm saying all these things like to kind of get me through whatever I'm dealing with and then that release is yes like the the breaking of things the kind of like breaking of boundaries and and all these things so it was 
it was pretty fun to make. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, in the past, we've gotten like very campy with our videos, and my instinct was to do that again with this album. But I was kind of glad that Tim, our manager, was like, maybe because I mean, at first I was like, oh, we should build a pirate ship, and me and Patrick can be pirates, <laughs> and we're rescuing you because you're a misunderstood pirate and silly. And he was like, that sounds great, but what if <laughs> you just took a more serious <laughs> approach? <laughs> performance. Video <laughs> but I mean, the album is more serious. Like, we put everything into this, and she, Mary, put her whole heart on the line. So it did feel right to sort of try to, like, grow up with the videos a little bit. I mean, obviously, there are moments we can't help ourselves, like, with the hands popping out with the keyboard. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it felt good to, like, sort of try to grow up a little bit with the videos, too. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it was just such a powerful image and it makes me want to like, you know, go find an abandoned warehouse and just like smash some vases and like that. <laughs> that sounds, you know, so nice. <laughs> but where, where safety goggles and, and all those things for that, that protection is necessary because mm-hmm. it was pretty scary. After a while, we're like, okay, we probably shouldn't do this anymore. And mm-hmm. I don't really like how this is making me feel actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Good to stay safe. <laughs> We smashed like three things and I was like, guys, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, I wanted to kind of return to that topic of catharsis because I feel like that's a really big theme that comes up in most of the songs on the album. They all kind of build and have this really big release um, of emotion. But I feel like with most of these songs, when that release happens, there's still kind of a feeling of control there. Like it's a big, it's a big moment. There's a big release, but there's still kind of a sense of calm or like things are still under control. Like maybe you're giving yourself away to these emotions, but not completely. Like you're not just losing everything. Was that kind of an intention in writing these songs or was that that something that you were thinking about maybe? I don't know. Maybe it's just how I am as a person. I think that um, because I try to be so open and honest, even maybe sometimes to a fault, um, I think there's somewhere that like weird strength that kind of just keeps me stable and able to kind of navigate. Yeah, maybe it just has to do with how I am as, as a person in general. I don't Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. She's so strong. I mean, compared to me, the barometer might be a little messed up because I can't even get through watching a few episodes of Riverdale in a row without getting nightmares. <laughs> Every day I'm like, how are you so strong? Like, how are you watching Queer Eye and not bawling as much as me right now? <laughs> I cry. I cry <laughs> silently. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe next album I'm just going to lose my shit. Oh my gosh, I'm ready for it. The full like dashboard confessional vibe. Just <laughs> nice. I feel like one of the songs on the album that does have like that really big moment or those really big kind of vocal moments where you let loose um, is Bloomed. Would you mind talking a little bit more about that song and the story behind it? Bloomed was actually really fun for me to write because um, I just love that three-part harmony. I mean, every part to me feels like it could be like a lead. So it's it's really cool, and, and I, I want it to be special. So, you know, obviously when we play it live, like everybody has like their moment in our, all of our voices blend really nicely. But I guess the song is really, it is about kind of like 
sometimes I feel like, and it doesn't have to be like a personal relationship. It could be like an inner conflict that you have. Sometimes you hold on to these things. You do everything that you can possibly do to hold on to something so things won't change or you can stay in this, you know, zone of comfortability and um, normalcy. But then when you finally kind of decide that you need more or you should be stretching yourself a little bit more, you realize that like you flourish, um, you're better off with the change. So Bloom just about kind of like shedding the old and it's basically a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a transitional song. <laughs> nice. I like that. Yeah. Kind of giving into that change, which can be really scary to do kind of breaking yourself out of that comfort zone of being like, everything feels fine. I'm not going to change anything. I want it to all stay the same, but that's how you like open yourself up to new things and invite positive change into your life. Yeah. I, I really love that song. I think it's really cool how it turned out. Yeah. I think it totally comes across like just those vocal melodies are so beautiful on that song. And I think that really mirrors kind of like that. Yeah. Like metamorphosis butterfly coming out moment of just like letting it all loose. Definitely. I wanted to ask you too about recording this album because I know that you worked with Will Yip, who is a big name, not just in Philadelphia, but um, all over the world um, for his recording work. So how did you get in touch with him and decide to work at his studio? Well, funny enough, I think Will had DM'd us like back before Dig Yourself was even recorded. And I don't know, sometimes as a band, you get a lot of DMs and you're like, oh, this person is just trying to like get a lot of money out of me or like whatever. Um, unfortunately, shamefully, I wasn't that familiar with him when he DM'd us. So I was kind of like skeptical. And then we ended up meeting him, like he came out to see some shows. And then I discovered that he was responsible for a lot of my favorite records. <laughs> um, so then our manager actually like got in touch with him about doing this album. And thankfully he made time for us. He really didn't need to do that, you know, but he's a good guy. And I think he tries to make an effort to not only just do these huge bands with huge budgets, but he also likes to work with some smaller bands that he believes in. So it was just incredible when we actually came together, like our, our EP and our first LP were recorded in like a DIY manner, like in warehouses and houses. So we had never even recorded in a real studio before. So that alone was just like insane. But then also having a producer like Will, who is like the dopest to work with. And he really helped us edit, you know, like he... He kind of explained to us ways in which he felt that our old songs might not connect with people because just like having not ever trimmed the fat or like little things like, you know, just repeat this chorus one more time or little edits like that just went such a long way um, to where he feels and we hope as well that these songs will connect with people more. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but that was a really new experience to like have someone just to like bounce ideas off of and have that second opinion there um, can like give you a totally new perspective on the songs that maybe you've been working working on for like months or weeks at a time and are just like totally plugged into your brain. Absolutely. And I mean, Will just kind of, he has this amazing ability to kind of make himself another member of the band. Um, so you're working so closely, like he's so excited about it and it like makes you more pumped. And it's like, especially for me, so I am the primary songwriter. So I think I, I, I wrote like the album. It took probably about like a year to write all the songs. So I'd kind of been very familiar with the songs as I had written them, but then to kind of, you know, work with him a little 
closer with the pre-production and kind of move things around, add a few more like phrases, like it really like brought this new energy and this new life to the song. So by the end, like maybe I'd gone in, we have 11 songs on the record. Maybe I went in and I was like, okay, maybe I like seven of these. <laughs> and by the end, I was just so proud of every song. Every song just made my heart like swell every part, you know, I'm just so proud of what we accomplished. I'm proud of, of Maddie and Patrick and, and Will. I mean, I think it just sounds awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. That's great that he was totally able to just be a part of this album. And like you said, just like another member of the band and really like, yeah, add his voice to these songs as well. I think that totally comes through. Like, you know, there are no throwaway songs on this album. Like every single one just hits you so hard and has that full impact, which is really impressive for an album, like to have, you know, every song just be like, this could be a single. This is amazing. Like it hits me in the feels every single song, every single time. So (laughs) thank you so much. That's great to hear. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. The last song too, like I've been listening to it, you know, for the past like week or two and just having it on repeat. And I feel like take it all away was one that also hit me especially hard, which is maybe partly because it has the album's title in it. So that, you know, kind of brought things full circle. But I think one line in particular that really stuck out to me was the line that says, if you want change, then wake up and claim it. And I think that was just like, like a huge like explosion moment for me. Like it's so easy to just put yourself in the same patterns of thought. And yeah, like you were kind of saying earlier, it's so powerful to just be like, you know what, I'm going to use my agency here and I'm going to, I'm going to create the change that I want in my life. Yeah. I mean, thank you so much for saying that. that, The song is super important to me too. I mean, the song reminds me of a lot of things. It reminds me like, you know, I I kind of was writing it during when, when Me Too was really kind of taking shape and more people were coming out and telling their stories. And so I was extremely moved by that. It's so inspiring for these people to, you know, kind of just be that brave and share this, this trauma with the world and also at the same time with my own personal experiences this was like probably a time when my mom was at her most ill so I just wanted you know to take all of that away from her or just be be you know a figure there that that she could have to hold on to um to to help her through everything so yeah the song is it's super important to me um on a ton of different levels so to know that it impacted you as well it it means a lot totally and you're going to be going on tour again in the fall and winter for this album how Do you think it's going to feel to be performing these songs on stage in front of a bunch of people? How do you think that's going to feel after, you know, playing these songs for months and recording them and writing them? Um, What are you expecting from those performances? Well, no, last tour that we just did, um, which just wrapped a couple of days ago, we did a couple of the new songs. And I don't know, I think you can just tell in all of us, we're just so much more excited to be playing them. I think it's going to feel really good. Um, we're really proud of these songs and they feel better to play. I think in the past, all of us, our influences sort of fought against each other. And in this album, Miri really found her role as a leader and was able to sort of guide me and Patrick in the direction to where I think we all clicked a lot better. So we have a lot more fun playing them and we can't wait. You can already tell, I mean, we can when we, we, we've played some of the new ones that aren't even released to audiences. People seem to 
click with them a lot better too. We played one of them, Only Obvious to You, in a tour earlier this year, and somebody went out and tattooed the lyrics on their body like the next day, wow. which has wow. never happened to us before. <laughs> so we were like, oh my gosh, like that's all you want is, as an artist, right? Is for people to like get out of your music what you've gotten out of other people's music. So it, it feels really good. Yeah, that's amazing. That's like, yeah, such an immediate turnaround that like you can just have that reaction in the moment and like it can hit you so hard. And now it's like on someone's body forever. That's amazing. Yeah, it really is. It's crazy. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited to see Queen of Jeans stop by Minneapolis this fall. I am looking forward to it so much and so excited to hear these songs live and to see all of that energy and to be in that room. So I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to be there. Awesome. Yeah, we can't wait to see you. Yeah, I can't wait to see you. Awesome. Well, I like to ask all of my podcast guests as like a closing question, who is someone who inspires you? So if you want to give like a shout out to anyone in your life, it could be someone you know personally or just someone who you admire, who has had an impact on your life, who you think is really cool and deserves a shout out, um, who would you want to give a shout out to? Can I shout out to Maddie? <laughs> I was just so cute. <laughs> Dang it. I really was. I was like, well, you are. I mean, you're so strong, and I'm inspired by you every day. Well, I'm inspired by you because you help me through everything. You're, you're actually stronger than you think. Hmm. But do we have to pick someone else? <laughs> no, I love it. I think that's perfect. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Sorry, we spent too much time around each other. (laughs) I think that's great. I think it's very fitting that you both picked each other. I think that's amazing. So (laughs) thank both of you so much. Um, Yeah, I'm so excited for this new record and to see you when you stop by Minneapolis. Can't wait. Yeah. Take it in stride and don't let them
Records. You can check out Queen of Jeans online at queenofjeans.net to find their music, merch, and more information about their upcoming tour. The Pass the Mic podcast is produced by Ali Pashuk and Colleen Cowie and is presented by Renaissance People's Media. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and at pass-the-mic.com. If you want to support the people who make this podcast and Pass the Mic possible, you can head to our Patreon at patreon.com slash passthemikemag. Thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.